Hello, welcome in everybody. Welcome into a new episode of Tricks and Picks. Uh, I have a, um, another recurring guest this week, Andy Hopper. Andy, how are you doing today? I'm back once again, Nick. I'm doing well. Uh, it is hot as hell here at 95 degrees. Uh, not, not great. In Chicago? In, in I, Illinois? I'm sorry. In, I'm in Champaign, so yeah. So it's been... And it's been hot as hell this week, so I'm adjusting to that, just being hit with summer in the middle of the face. Um, <laughs> and But other than that, it's good. Chilling. Uh, All right. Glad to be back. Yeah, thanks for coming back on. Uh, we, we have a lot to get into today, uh, m- mostly NBA Finals stuff. It was a really big day uh, last night. Actually, I, uh, I, I made three parlays. Three parlays. I don't know what you did. I did three parlays, um, and – a few of one of them hit, and the, th- the thing with the parlays that I do is that if one of three hits, that's certainly a net benefit because the odds are so high on these parlays. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually didn't watch. Um, full disclosure, actually, I did not watch the game live last night. I didn't. I had to go to work at eleven, and then by the time, you know, I I can't watch or listen to the game while also dealing with New Jersey drivers. That might be a little bit of a hazard, <laughs> so I had to just. Get watch it on watch ESPN after the whole thing happened. I actually found out what happened, but which is almost impossible not to happen. But that's what happened. But I didn't so much care about who won or lost as much as I cared about my prop bets, and that I didn't know. So one thing that the so there were a few bets that I made. One of them hit. Um, this was the worst one I made. This is I should have done the opposite of this. I took Steph Curry over twenty nine and a half points, Kavon Looney over seven and a half rebounds. And Robert Williams to record two plus blocks. Um, it, all, all three of those. I mean, the, the Curry thing. I don't even. I don't even talk about the Curry thing. We all know what happened with that. Um, and the other one that I also lost was. Um, I lost another one. Where is it here? Okay, Curry over twenty seven. Um, no, that's a different one. Never mind. Okay, so he, here's the other one that I that I did. I thought I made three bets. Whatever. Um, Tatum under 27 and a half, Robert Williams over seven and a half rebounds and golden state minus four. The, the Tatum one barely won. Tatum scored exactly 27 points and it, and he, and he did it pretty early in the fourth quarter too. When I watched that, I thought there's no way I would have won this bet, but he just didn't do anything later on in the fourth quarter. Right. Um, yeah, it was kind of, it's been, I don't want to say a weird series for him because he's obviously been Boston's best player, but it just feels like Steph Curry is the best player in this series, and it's just, yeah. it's not even close. Oh, I'm like, sorry. Here was the other, here was, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Here was the other bet I made. Um, Jordan Poole over one and a half threes. I made that one. Tatum under three and a half threes. I lost that one, and the Curry over four and a half made threes. He made z- literally zero threes. What I would have liked to have known is, it's too bad we couldn't bet on Steph Curry making zero threes. Imagine how much what the odds would have been on Steph Curry not making a single three. Yeah, for sure. They would probably shit. That's probably like a plus fourteen hundred, something like that. Maybe. Something like that. <laughs> maybe even more odd. Maybe even higher odds than that. Um, my betting in this series has been pretty light. I had the Celtics plus four last night, um, which was nice. Game one, I did some parlay. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I did. It was uh, 
pull it up here. But yeah, I haven't really bet a lot on this series because I haven't really known what to make of it. I hit on the Celtics in game one. Um, and then I believe I took Golden State in game two. I don't I didn't even watch game three. Like I just was busy at home and I just kind of forgot it was on. Imagine <laughs> that. Um But as far as my finals bets go, I gotta pull it up here. It's been more like I went baseball heavy. <laughs> so yeah, I had Tatum over 27 and a half. I believe this was game. This was game one Tatum over 27 and a half. Jalen Brown over 23 and a half. Clay over 19 and a half. Steph over 27 and a half. Tatum and Steph went over the, uh, the other two did not. Um, I put in a crazy, <laughs> Uh, crazy long shot one uh, with like 12 legs Brown over 24 and a half Wiggins over 16 and a half Horford over 11 and a half Uh, Curry over rebounds Wiggins over rebounds Green over rebounds uh, Looney over rebounds Curry over threes Horford over threes Uh, basically just all overs Uh, one of those long shots you just throw five bucks on and Hope it, hope it hits. But it was I went uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So twelve legger. I got four of them right. So just not even close. Uh, <laughs> I had another another four legger. Thompson over nineteen and a half. Curry over five and a half rebounds. Smart over five and a half assists. Horford over one and a half made threes. That went one for three. Uh, I had uh, the one I was closest on, which was unfortunate, was uh, was plus 455. So it's Draymond over five and a half assists. Wiggins over 13 and a half points. That didn't hit. Looney two plus assists. Gurry four plus assists. Looney six plus rebounds. Clay to score 15 plus. That didn't hit. Draymond over four and a half rebounds. So that goes five five and two so that one that one hurt so i just really i haven't been super close on anything (laughs) in the series i will tell you what i made a bunch of money on which was great um was did you i don't know if so the darts tournament that they did at uh madison square garden so my buddy actually whose shirt i'm wearing right now is a his shout out to my buddy mikey uh, he goes by one lung because he actually only has one working lung. Uh, he's a semi-professional darts player. So he plays semi-professional darts player. He goes. He travels around the country, but like it's not like he's not in like the highest. So it's kind of like being a minor league baseball player. Sure. Yeah. So he does travel around, play in different events. Most of the time, he's got like a just like a local league that he's in uh, out uh, where he lives at, and. Anyway, he watches – so obviously he watches darts all the time. And he basically – he handicapped this fucking darts tournament for me. He got every single match right besides the championship game. I made like 500 bucks betting on darts, and it was one of the most fun times I've ever had watching a sport. <laughs> I won't lie because uh, the crowd goes like fucking nuts. And uh, I don't know if you know anything about darts, but they're, they're just playing 501. So it's like you just go down from – Countdown from 501, you try to hit the right number. You got to 
you have to double out. Um, but anyway, it's it was electric, and he was literally getting like every bet right, albeit a lot of the wins were favorites. Um, but you know, when you put them in an eight leg parlay and they hit, it's not you don't really his favorite anymore. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that was that was been my most recent betting successful betting, I should say, because I've been so cold. Uh pretty much after hitting Warriors minus four and a half uh in game two, I've been just like cold as fuck. Like on not in just not just on NBA, like I had some baseball bets that just have gone gone the wrong way. Like I had a three teamer with the Cardinals, the Tigers, and the Brewers last week. Cardinals lose on a walk off uh three run homer in the bottom of the tenth on a homer that hits off the foul pole. Brewers are winning the entire game and they blow it. So that made me feel a little bit better. And of course the Tigers out of all three of those teams ended up winning. But that was one that I I needed the Cardinals to be winning before like the ninth inning. So I could have gotten like a decent cash out option when they were all up two to one and it just didn't work out for me. But yeah, um, we'll see later with my parlay of the week that I (laughs) dip in the old toe back in uh, for, for game six. Uh, and then I just hope there's a game seven. So there, there's more to gamble on, but from there I'll probably responsibly retire until football season. <laughs> I say that, but there's always something to gamble on. It's also easier um, to retire from gambling in the middle of August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nice. You can do a lot. The only thing that's there is regular season baseball. It's a pretty easy way right. to avoid gambling as it is. Like I got to really be like fiending for some action to bet on some baseball, to be honest with you. Like, at the start of the year, I got into the, you know, the no run first innings pretty heavy. And I can't tell you how many times that I would just get fucked over by that. Um, but be- betting baseball is hard. And we see all these guys that post their picks that are posting these crazy like home run parlays that that is one of my least favorite things to bet on is betting on a guy to hit a home run. Like, I know it's like awesome to hit one, but it's just like, especially the, in a parlay. Yeah, I just I can't as a straight absolutely do it all all day. Um but and of course it'll of course it I saw one that some dude turned like 700 bucks to like 21 grand or something <laughs> like that. Um but I mean they they're doing with baseball what they did with basketball with these same game parlays you can do now with strikeouts, hits, RBIs, steals, walks, whatever. Um throw in home runs, RBIs. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's just, I love baseball, but it just, it feels like such a crapshoot to me to bet on. I'm, um, I'm not really a baseball better. Yeah. Outside of maybe the Mets, I never really bet on baseball. It's just that, I mean, most of the games we don't even get access to, if you think about it, because most of the games are not nationally televised, like unless it's right. on ESPN or something. And other than that, we get... Two, I mean, I get, I mean, I get the Mets and Yankees. You probably get the Cubs and White I Sox. Get the, I get the Cubs and the Cardinals and the White Sox. Yeah, okay, all three. So, so you get three teams that that you can watch every day. I get two teams that I can watch every day. And other, than, other than that, there's maybe a Sunday night baseball game, whatever the case may be. Whereas in basketball, all the big games, or at least most of the big games, are nationally televised that I can watch. Football, and, all the games are national. All the games I, I can watch. Right. So it's just a different type of dynamic. And baseball is so slow 
that betting on it is just feels very it, I don't, it just feels very different it's why i don't bet on it very much um though i do bet on met stuff i i would bet on you know strike how many strikeouts is chris bassett gonna get today or something like that i would sure. bet on something like that but and that's like you know, other than that i wouldn't bet on a cubs car i probably wouldn't bet on a cubs cardinals game i i would i absolutely would oh yeah because you're knee deep because you're you're a fan but you know we're we're saying we're saying the same thing it's like especially i haven't been down to a game yet this summer i really want to go i want to take my son down there um but i gotta put all my bets in when i'm still in illinois before i cross over the mississippi uh into st louis but i definitely like is it illegal in missouri I don't I don't believe that it sports betting is um so it's like when you there is a casino a DraftKings sports book in this casino queen um literally it's in it's technically in East St. Louis which East St. Louis is in Illinois right um and it's right over the river you literally hop on a train and you're in St. you're in fucking Missouri in 2 minutes so it's there, but it's technically in Illinois. I don't believe sports betting is officially legal in Missouri yet. I'm not sure. I know they have like a lottery and everything. I don't know if they have any ca- casinos there, but to my knowledge, yeah, you just have. I would I would do it before I cross the border. But absolutely, figure out who's betting or figure out who's pitching. Take his strikeout over, especially if I'm if I'm going to the game. I want a little bit more action. Um, right. And. I mean, there's just so much baseball in the year two, 162. It's so many games. like, it get, And it you, gets so boring at times that you've got to have to spice it up a little bit sometimes. You really have to be a diehard, though, to watch 162 right. games of your, team's, uh, of your team's game. But like you said earlier, I mean, I, I can get the Cubs, Cardinals, and White Sox. There's not like there's still blackouts. It, to my, I mean, I remember... You know, I bartended for a long time, five, six years, and it was at a sports bar. So I remember multiple times trying to get a Cubs game on, and it's like, oh, this is blacked out in your area. Or if you're trying to put the Cardinals on and you put it on the wrong station, oh, it's blacked out. Uh, and even now, like my at my parents' house, my stepdad was complaining that he doesn't get any of them. He has Dish Network, and apparently they Dish Network doesn't carry Bally Sports Midwest, NBC Sports Chicago, or <laughs> – marquee network which the cubs are on what's the point of even having a tv in that case no no he bitches about it all the time and i'm just like you just change services or stop complaining that you don't ever get to watch the watch the game i don't know i i just i'm old school i have cable and of course we still have like every streaming service known to man because i'm an idiot um (laughs) but i feel like being a gambler i obviously i still stream things like with the nature of the, the way things are now, some things are only on streaming platforms, but I, when I'm watching a big game, especially during football season, I want, I, I want the hardwire connection. I want the cable. I want to be, you know, I don't want to be behind a minute. I want to know what the fuck is happening. I don't want to like have to search for some and download some random app uh, just to watch a game, I want to know I can have it on my TV. I literally, I really don't use cable <laughs> besides to watch sports. I'm like so stupid that I'm paying this much. It is bundled with my internet, but I, I won't. I will. Uh, I will die on on the cable hill. Maybe if if I I get rich, strike rich one day, uh, upgrade to the good old dish. But uh, I know that's <laughs> that's the good so, old dish. It doesn't carry anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
that doesn't yeah that doesn't carry shit but i know in who knows in five years it'll all just be everything will be on apple tv like all baseball fans on twitter i couldn't stand the whole apple tv thing yeah i was i watch most of the met games in a season but because like you know i have a life and i don't say that pejoratively just because things happen in my life that I just can't watch every game. But I do right. watch at least some of most of the games. Of uh, In fact, there's a Met game going on right now. And on, I think it was, what, what day was it? I think it was Friday night or whatever it was. One of the Friday, Saturday night, whatever it was. The Mets were playing the Angels on, on Apple TV. And it's a whole process just to change the whole, it's like putting, it's almost like putting in a DVD or changing, trying to watch something on Netflix. It is such a process to watch a game that is on Apple TV rather than just turning to SNY. I right. think people hate the whole Apple TV thing. I think they sports do. fans are fed up with the whole Apple TV thing. And if I didn't have it on my TV, I would have to watch it on my phone. I'd be like, fuck that. I am not wa- – this is not like a college baseball game. I am not watching the New York Mets on my phone. This is bullshit. Like, right. I, that, And I think most fans – feel the same way. I think Met fans especially, we just want to watch the Mets on SNY. That's what we want to do. Like that's that's really that's really all it is. I have not heard one good thing about the uh, Apple broadcast and of course the only thing I've heard them, about them. Hold on. I will defend them. They're mostly inexperienced. Like they're younger and more inexperienced and no matter what happens when fans are so attached to their local broadcasters nobody can compete with that yeah and i feel like in baseball it's it's like it's people get attached to those more than maybe in any other sport just because of the intimacy of the game and especially you know dating back to i mean all, all these teams still have radio broadcasts too that was what a majority of people started out, you know, loving certain baseball teams is by, you know, one guy's voice calling calling the game. So you definitely get used to that. It doesn't matter what city you're from, whether it's, you know, if you're on SNY or if you're, you know, in St. Louis and you're listening on KMOX, um, it people if you're a fan of a certain team, you're gonna like the guys that are calling the game. Uh with a heavy bias towards your certain <laughs> team. Um, and, you know, if you've seen anything on Twitter about the Apple Plus uh, broadcast, it's, I have not, literally, it's all shitty, but it's Twitter's a cesspool. You know, it's, you're not going to see much positive shit on there in the first place. And at the end of the day, people just like to hate on shit. Um, but I yeah. think, it's if, and especially with a sport like baseball, where it's just a bunch of old, old dudes that are stuck in their ways and uh, don't like, you know, don't like certain things that uh, they're going to be the, some of the most stubborn to change yeah. about it in the first place. So, well, I will have to say though, here's the thing. I can't stand the Apple TV thing, but I am not one of those. Like I am not a big portion of baseball fans who don't want anything to change. They hate the DH. They hate any new thing, but baseball has been terrible with the streaming thing. Like, I will have to say the one thing worse than Apple TV is Facebook Live. Watching oh, yeah, a game on Facebook Live. Like, I am not going on Facebook on my phone just to watch the Mets. This is this is ridiculous. That was the worst. Like, it was the worst when I would turn on uh, SNY and the Mets aren't on. And I find out, oh, because they're not on SNY, they're on Facebook Live. I don't know what genius 
thought of that idea. I know um, they were doing baseball games on Facebook Live now. That's pretty funny that we're sharing a platform yeah. with them at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do want to get into the um, – I, I do want to talk a little more about the Golden State uh, Celtics series. Um, so last week when I did the show, uh, it was right after game three. Right, yeah, it was right after game three when I did the show. Um, and the Celtics were basically heavy, heavily favored. I forget the exact odds, but they were heavily favored when it came to the odds of who was going to win. Now, can you guess what the odds are now? How much they've turned? I mean, I would assume Golden State's favored now. Yeah, but they were favored that? by a lot. Like minus 220? No, it's more. 340? A little more. 360. All right, it's 390. Okay, close. Minus 390. Wow. Well, I guess, yeah, they just need one more win. And I don't know. I like Because they have home court. Right, of course. So game seven would would be in, in Golden State. I mean, I just feel like the series is going seven. I, I feel like it is. I, I think so, too. Everybody, you can say what you want. Oh, NBA rigged. They want the ratings. They're going to set it up. I just feel like these teams are pretty evenly matched. It, it kind of, some of these games have just come down to, you know, which team kind of shoots themselves in the foot. I mean, for last night, uh, you talk about how the Celtics, what they started the game, 0 for 12 from 3. The fourth quarter, they couldn't hit a free throw after, like, an insane third quarter. It... Uh, and then, you know, I like how a narrative of this series has been Steph has no help. Steph has no help, which That's has bullshit. been, which has been a, a little true. You know, you see clay, we're not used to, you know, clay averaging, you know, 15 points in, in, in a finals, you know, we're used to him, you know, over the 20 plus mark and being, that real second scoring threat. And that's kind of been a guy in Andrew Wiggins, who's been playing out of his mind. Uh, so, so far, but it's, it, it's just funny how getting back to my point, it's the, the narrative was, Oh, Steph has no help. He's doing it all by himself. And then he has that game that he had last night where, you know, he doesn't hit a three. Uh, he, he was just cold all game and they still win by what? 10. So just what is it? I I think you could make an argument even with that shitty game last night that Steph could be the MVP of this series if the Warriors win or lose, uh, which would – can you imagine what the takes are going to be or what they would be if this game goes seven, the Celtics win, but they name Curry the MVP? Uh, (laughs) Like it would just – That would never happen, but – Twitter would explode. Uh, yeah, I would like to see them do that just to see Twitter's response to it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just as a bit, like I do it, <laughs> it's meme it up. We'll... <laughs> but I don't know, man, this series has been, it's been fun to watch. I think these are two pretty evenly matched teams. I think when this season started, um, I wouldn't have told you that the Celtics and the Warriors would be here. Um, but it's not surprising uh, after, you know, watching the way these these two teams specifically finished their seasons. They got really hot near the end of the regular season. Obviously, they started playing even better uh, in the playoffs. And it's 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 the narrative. It's there's always a storyline in the NBA. It's it's one of the greatest reality television shows in history. Uh, we, you have the young this young Celtics group led by Tatum and Brown, who 
oh, there was thoughts that we, we got to trade one of them, pick one. Uh, and they've kind of, and you have an, a guy in Al Horford who's played more playoff games than anybody without making it to the finals is finally here. And now you have, and then on the other side, you have, well, not only is it this young team trying to prove themselves, they're still the fucking Celtics that have won 17 NBA titles and one of the most winning all time franchises in the NBA. Uh, and then on the other side, you have, the Warriors, who everybody kind of thought was dead, you know, they had those two, those two years that they missed the playoffs. And then, fuck, of course they're back. What is it? Six out of the last eight finals the Warriors have been in, uh, something crazy like that. And now they're up three two, and looking like they're about to, they could potentially win another one. And with these same guys, well, not the same guys. Obviously, still Steph, Clay, and Draymond, who. Draymond fouled out for the third game this series. He's looked like absolute garbage for the speaking most part. That, by the way, speaking of Draymond, is there a way – I don't know if they've ever done this on any of the apps, but is there a way to bet on whether or not Draymond fouls out? And the odds would actually be against him in that case. So game one, I believe, was either game one or two. I think it was one. No, it was game. it was game two. Because it was in Boston. Barstool Sportsbook had a promo. It was a Portnoy bet. It's like bet with Dave or whatever. Uh, Draymond Green over four and a half fouls. It was like plus like 160 or something like that, which I was at work when I saw it pop up. And I was like, remind yourself to bet on that before you, like when you get home. And I just totally forgot about it. Of course, he had five fouls. Um, it might've been game one. I don't know. He's been fouling the entire series. So who knows? Um, but I don't know if you can specifically bet on him to foul out, but I would hammer it because, well, well, if you bet on him to get over five and a half fouls, he's fouled out. Right. But so it was four and a half for the promo. So technically five wouldn't be a foul out. Um, but still, yes, take over five and a half. I don't know. I'm sure you could get that somewhere. You somewhere. probably have to do some look, searching for it. Has all the combinations. They're like a betting buffet, and they don't have it. Sure. So I look for all the obscure bets on FanDuel. All my player props I do on FanDuel. They they recommend their own player props. It's they have everything on FanDuel. They right. don't even have it. So I don't know where I could find it. Maybe DraftKings. Right. Would have and it. I don't know. I, I'm just saying that would be a, that's something I would bet on. I would just look out. I would see if, you know, cause I don't what whatever game it was. You had Portnoy, like, on the two seats away yeah. from the Golden State Warriors bench in a fucking shirt that said Draymond, Draymond is a jerk face. Uh, <laughs> just, and then Draymond gets two quick fouls, and he's coming off the floor, and you just see Portnoy going, two, that's two. Yeah. <laughs> So I, if anybody's going to put a bet out like that, I would bet I would look at Barstool Sportsbook. I don't know if that's available in New York, unfortunately. Um, but I, I guess let me know and I'll put a bet in for you. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, dude, this is it's it's the NBA Finals. You know what more could you want? You have the star power with Steph Curry. You have the young up and coming guy and in, in Jason Tatum. It, you know, I feel like he's been Boston's best player. But is it crazy? To like, to feel like I need we need more from him. No, it's not crazy uh, to say you, you want more from um, Jason Tatum. It's like 
Jason Tatum, like I said before, his I've done all of the anti-Tatum bets, all of the anti-Tatum bets, and um, and they've worked most of the like except yesterday when he ended up hitting five threes. Jason Tatum, and I guess you could kind of say it about the other side too. Jason Tatum is supposed to be the best player on the Celtics, but he's been coming up so short. He has been not good for a guy who's supposed to be the best player on the team. He's been very much carried by his teammates. I mean, if you were to, he hasn't had, I mean, he hasn't been bad every game, but he's had some terrible games in the playoffs. He, he's been terrible in some of these games and they were still, still able to win when he was bad, which goes to show you how good of a team he is, but how undervaluable he is. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's that. I just, he has struggled at points, but it feels like every time he, every game he would struggle, the next game he would just go off. But, but, like, in the finals, he has never really gone off. Right. In this series specifically, like, he's averaging, series. he's averaging, like, 20, it, it's only, like, 24, 25 points, which obviously, that that's great. But when you're th- thinking about a finals MVP or you compare it to these other yeah. numbers or you compare it to what Steph's doing, it, it just looks a little less impressive. And maybe I'm just... You know, my opinion here might be jaded because we're seeing Steph go off for 43 points and look absolutely inhuman. So maybe I'm just crazy for making the comparison. And he has played well at points in this series, but I feel like he even needs to kick it up another notch Yeah. if the Celtics are going to win. And do I think he's capable of that? Absolutely. Um, and Or are we going to get a random Jalen Brown game? you know, in game six, or if it goes to game seven, because I feel like we might. He went for 40 uh, went earlier in this playoffs. He is the cap- – he he does that from time to time. He's kind of sneaky. He'll do it quietly, and sometimes he'll be their number one option. Whoever it is, the Celtics simply, you know, make your threes at the in – the, I, I don't know if it's as simple as that uh, – Make your threes. You can't start the game 0 for 12. You can't miss all your free throws. Uh, do what you can defensively. I mean, whatever they did defensively against Steph uh, in the last game obviously worked a little bit. Maybe he was just that cold. Um, but I don't know. It's it's 3-2. It's do or die at, at this point for Boston. I think they're going to be at home. The, the fuck you Draymond chants, I assume, are going to be pretty loud. Um, which was crazy. <laughs> Which was crazy that you're a professional athlete, okay? Like, obviously, it's it's not appropriate or whatever, but but you know what? Almost anything is appropriate when it outside of like physically assaulting players or whatever <laughs> at games. It's the NBA Finals. You guys are, you know, I I don't know if they were the favorites going into it, but I mean, you guys are the war. You guys are the Warriors. You have, you know, you had that insane run. This is the Celtics fan base that feels like they've kind of been sitting on eggshells for a few years waiting for this team, you know, to really get back to what they, you know, what they think they should be at. And plus it's Boston. They're a bunch of fucking scumbags, dude. What do you expect? My favorite, like, Clay, Clay going, oh, real, real classy Boston. Like, dude. It's the NBA Finals. Like, it's not. We're, it's not going to be. You know, hugs and kisses, and everybody's like, everybody at the opposing arena is not going to be fucking cheering for you and be all quiet. And it's like to act like you've never 
heard fans like chant like some stupid shit like that is asinine to me. And then of course everybody and wants also, to. And it's also don't pretend your fans don't do the same thing. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to bring up. The the clip everybody <laughs> brings out is is LeBron walking off the floor in in uh, in Oakland, and <laughs> you're a pussy ass bitch, LeBron. Like. <laughs> It, it happens everywhere. It doesn't matter. But, like, the matter. crazy thing is, is that, like, the security guard turned around and yelled at her and said, watch your mouth, woman. Now, I will be fair. I think, to be fair, I wouldn't go to a sporting event and yell a bunch of profanities at a player. However, if I were a couple of drinks in, and I don't really drink, but if I did, but if I was a couple of drinks in, I think I would let it fly. But I also think that, like, in fairness to that woman, I think it's kind of nuts that a security guard who is there for a player's safety is telling a fan to watch his or her mouth. Yeah, <laughs> like you're there for to make sure he nobody runs on the court. But when it comes to rules of yelling profanities at players. Like, yeah, you're kind of allowed to yell profanities at players. Not only is it allowed, it's very much normalized amongst sports fans. As long so as I just thought that whole thing was such a weird sort of dynamic. You know, obviously, as long as it's not, you know, like a slur or something. Right, like, right, super, right. Super, super offensive, but like. Or like about their kids or something. Right. He's saying, fuck you. Like, it's obviously that's one of the worst swear words <laughs> you can say. As what we were all taught, but I mean, I, I'd rather somebody tell me to f off or ch- especially if it's a chant, like because that's the whole thing. Like you, you mentioned, you know, I'm probably not yelling that specific shit at 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 players, which I I can agree with you there. Um, but if I'm in a section at a game, doesn't matter where I'm at, and some type of chant starts up like that, I, I'm I'm joining in. There's no way I'm not in. joining in. Um. <laughs> For as far as yelling, I have been known to have a few too many beverages before certain uh, sporting events, and you know, get pretty rowdy. Bush light. Uh, so yes, and from there, you kind of just gotta read your surroundings. Like if there's, you know, how many little kids are in the area. I get that aspect of it, of you know, his wife being in the crowd with the kid. Obviously, the kid's probably looking up at her and is like, why is everybody saying fuck dad? Um, but, I mean, if you watch him play basketball for 30 seconds, you can absolutely understand why they would say that. Um, but, uh, I mean, talk about somebody, I mean, who is couldn't have fallen into a better fucking situation when they were drafted than Draymond Green. Like, you're yeah. a six six power forward. I, he's skilled. He did play incredible defense. For them, I'm not saying he had no part in any of their championship runs, but I just I'm not in on. Him. I don't think he's some amazing player. I, no, I just I, I think either. I think he was put in a pretty nice situation and 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 ran with it. And and you know what? Good for him. He could have ended and, up like the funny thing about him is that he ended up. Well, he had a good coach. He had a good team. But the thing is, he could have ended up like somebody like Kendrick Perkins if he was in the wrong situation. Right, like, like his career could have gone a completely different direction if he was drafted by a team like, say, the Knicks, and then went to the Hornets or whatever the case may be. Right, and he'll get on his podcast and tell you something different. Which that's one of my. That's also been a hilarious storyline of this finals. Is everybody's like, "Oh, Draymond's too worried about what he's going to say on his podcast." <laughs> 
you know, that's why he's playing so shitty, but he's, and then he's like doubling down on it. I will, I will, I, I will be here after every game. I'm giving you my thoughts. Da, 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 da. It's like more power to you. We've seen athletes kind of go this route, you know, especially with the way the world is and how lucrative we've seen that, you know, podcasting can be for certain people. Um, and especially if he's a guy as expressive as he is and has the personality I think like he should you. have a podcast because yeah, it's better, why, I'd rather him express these opinions in a podcast right. than on a press conference or yelling at the refs. <laughs> like, and also, how fucking hilarious is the visual of him coming directly off the court <laughs> to a microphone and just start fucking talking about the game? Like, just for that visual for me alone does it. And it's like... <laughs> it's he's like, oh, are other guys seeing this as a distraction? Is 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 this distracting him? It's like, dude, can you imagine how much sponsorship money he's getting for this podcast? Like, what? And just because of his name, it's not like he has any podcasting experience. No, no, he's fucking he Draymond for this or anything. To my knowledge, I don't think he did. No, nah, I don't believe he was a. I mean. Do you, I don't, I don't, I don't know what his major is at, at Michigan State, so I'm not I, what it was. Probably basketball I'm, was his major. <laughs> yeah, communications or something like. That. If it's if if he was a comm major, then he could probably get away with it. Um, but yeah, my point still stands. It's like people are focusing on his whole podcast now. He's worried about that. I'm sure he's still pretty fucking focused on winning another ring in the NBA Finals. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure he's like. It really would be funny. Like another thing, it's like he's because we saw him like be super passive in that fourth quarter a couple games ago. Like literally every time he got the ball, it was he was fine and he could he could not pass it away quick enough. It was Ben Simmons esque. Um, <laughs> but that like my thoughts are like I just how funny to me the thought would be. It's like as he's playing, it's like dude, I cannot wait to fucking talk about this on the podcast tonight. Like <laughs> and. Uh, I thought it was actually speaking of funny when he, you know, when he got called for that foul in the fourth quarter last night and demanded that Steve Curry or Steve Curry, Steve Curry, Steve Kerr, <laughs> uh, challenge it. And he's jumping in the air and fucking doing this <laughs> just for him. Just to not, not get it overturned and him to foul out was like chef's kiss yeah um as you can tell yeah i'm not a draymond guy i'm i'm not but i mean if you want to do a podcast dude do a fucking podcast who cares like it's not he's they've you know you know what podcast i would pay to see a Kawhi leonard podcast well yeah that'd be like a 30 second podcast (laughs) doing nothing and then thanking, <laughs> thanking New Balance. Like, you know, it's on inside the head. Oh, by the <laughs> way, speaking of Tatum, I just looked up his stats for this uh, series. He's actually been really, really, at least shooting-wise, he's been very bad in terms of um, – he's been better with assists, but his field goal percentage for this series is 37% compared to 46% in the last series. So he was much better in in the last series than for this series. Um and he's only put up 23 points per game. So he, yeah. He's been far weaker. He's been he, he's had a pretty weak series by his own standards. Right. And I'm not trying to act like, you know, putting up 23 points is like, I'm not trying to act like I could step out there and do that. That's not what I want to come across here. I'm just feeling like 
from a player of his caliber. I just expect by more. his own standards. Exactly. And, you know, we're seeing if we're jumping ahead a little bit with so the parlay of the week, we're seeing his totals for game uh, six. It's it's over 27 and a half. It's been that all series. It's 27 and, and a half under every time. 28 and a half. Um, not good for my parlay of the week. Little sneak peek into that. If he's been going on. Yeah. I think one of the times he hit it, it's been like you said, he hit exactly 27. I don't know. It's just, maybe we're just jaded with this era of basketball and how just like we see these insane games from guys recently. Like we're just, we're just used to these 40 point games where it's like, Oh, only 27. Yeah. Light day at the office, huh? When it's apps, that's absolutely not true, but you are correct though. You know, he's gone six for 15 from the field or, you know, and hasn't really hit at a high of a clip as we've been expecting. Of course he did hit five threes in the last game, but for, I, I just feel like for the Celtics to win this series. And I know I said it before, but he just has to, like in this game six, I we need a 35, 40 points. We need a 30 plus point performance from Tatum. And it's are we gonna get it? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I hope he because I still want the Celtics to lose. But last night actually, I was going through some of the bets and I saw the Wiggins clip. I saw like Wiggins was unbelievable last night. I saw the Wiggins uh odds. And I didn't trust it, the Wiggins odds. I didn't, I didn't bet it, um, and I really regret that. Um, it was about something like 17, 18 points with Wiggins. It, I think it was 18 and a half, I think it was. And I was like, no, 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 he's not going to hit it. And the odds weren't even good. The under had better odds than the over, and I didn't even try it. Um, but last night, he ended up putting up uh, – he put up 26 points last night. And he led, he led the team. Yeah, I mean, he actually didn't hit a single three. Interesting. He went 0 for 6 from 3. I mean, I mentioned earlier, we saw a game earlier in the series where he he grabbed 13 rebounds. Uh, He's been Steph's number two option almost almost the entire series. We've seen, you know, speaking of their their guys that have kind of stepped up, we've seen Jordan Poole have decent games. You know, he's got to hit a near half-court shot every third quarter. Uh, (laughs) it, it, It feels like. And, you know, the memes of... You know, they do it like that. The one of the guy who's holding his girlfriend's hand and he looks back and he's like, ooh, at the (laughs) other girl walking by. That's now Steph looking at Jordan Poole with Clay in the background. Those have been really funny. Um, But I mean, honestly, I'm happy. I'm really happy for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, I think I've talked about it on this show before. I don't, I, you know, when you see a guy go number one overall, I, I don't personally, I don't like rooting for somebody to be a bust and for a guy that I don't want to say he struggled in his career, but I feel like he just didn't really live up to the hype for him to kind of, not in the beginning, you know, for him to be at this point on, on the cusp of winning a championship, his first championship and not only, you know, playing well, like well, not only contributing, but playing really well and being one of the team's top options, um, I, I'm happy for him. Uh, yeah, as I a guy, and as, I, I'm sure you watched him play through college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was about to say. As a guy that watched, remembers him at Kansas, and just remembers him, even him as a high school recruit coming out of Canada. Just the hype that was around this guy is was insane. So for it to seem like it's finally kind of paying off for him, 
<clears throat> is insane. And it, it just, it's a, it's kind of a feel good thing. And, you know, good, good for him. You know, he was yeah. stuck in Minnesota, obviously got drafted by the Cavs, shipped off straight to Minnesota. And, you know, sometimes all you need is a change of change of scenery. And especially yeah. when you get paired with one of the best point guards of all time, one of the best coaches of all time, and just get put on one of the all time teams in the NBA. That helps a little bit too, but good, yeah. good for Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Good for him. Um, so I want to get into the parlay of the week. Um, I'll do your parlay first. Uh, hold on a second. Here it is. No, that's my, uh, no, that's mine. I'm sorry. Here's yours. Um, okay, so you can explain this. All right, so we, we've talked about Tatum uh, quite a bit tonight, um, how we think we need more, and I think if the Celtics are going to win, they're going to need a big game from him. I'm going to go over 20, 27 and a half for Jason Tatum. I think you said it. He's averaging 23 points in the series. Which, you know, that doesn't make me feel great, but I feel like, you know, their backs are up against the wall. They're going to be at home. It's going to be a rowdy crowd. I feel like he needs, he's going to feed off that energy. And he's going to score, you know, 30, 35, maybe, hopefully 40 points. Uh, maybe sprinkle that a little bit just as a straight. I'm taking Kevon Looney over six and a half rebounds. Uh, that's, that's, I, I feel like that's the only reason. He's out there for Golden State. I know they've been going with the little bit of a smaller lineup with Porter um, the the past couple games. Kept Looney's still gotten some pretty decent minutes. And, you know, he, most of the time when he's out there, he's the biggest body, um, f- not only for Golden State, sometimes on the floor, depending on, you know, if Robert Williams' knees are, you know, acting up or not, because he's just been so hit or miss as far as, you know, being healthy. Uh, at least for me, I'm taking Marcus Smart under five and a half assists. Um, he has not gone over five and a half this entire series. The most he's the most assists he's had in a game so far has been five. I believe he's done that twice. Uh, I'm taking Jordan Poole over one and a half threes. I think. Uh, I mean, he's a lock. He's I, this is one of the bets I think if any of them I'm most confident in uh, in this parlay. He's been playing playing pretty well. I talked about earlier. He's hit two ridiculous, like half court almost buzzer beaters uh, at the end of the third quarter in back to back games. Uh, we'll have to see how many baddies are courtside for him because he always likes to show out if there <laughs> if, if there are attractive women courtside. Um, so so we'll see about that. But then got a little risky here. Usually when I do these prop bets, I like to keep it to just prop bets. Uh, but I wanted to get a little juicy uh, this week. And just because I think Boston is in a position, well, obviously they have to win. It's it's win or go home. I think they're going to. I think it's going seven. So I added Celtics money line, and then I took under 210 for the game. I think the over has only hit once, maybe twice yeah. in the series. Um, but it's been super low scoring. I mean, we're seeing like 107.97 and, you know, mo- most of the time, you know, it's one team in the low hundreds and the other team in the high nineties. So I'm going to ride that trend. I'm going under, I hate, I hate betting unders, but I feel like most of the time on these parlays I put together, I get burnt on like one or two where I should have taken the under. So I'm doing that this week. It's plus 3000 
10 bucks to win like 300. Uh, so that's what I'm riding with for game six. I'm sure I'll take, uh, I don't know. I think the Celtics are minus three and a half at this point. I don't know if I'll, I don't, I don't know, but I'm, I'm riding with that parlay. Well, minus four according to ESPN. Minus four. All right. So uh, basically the same thing. My parlays haven't been super successful on this show yet, but there's always tomorrow. So uh, just think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, there, um, so the thing with the Kavan Looney bet is I like the Kavan Looney bets for the rebounds. The only thing is, is that when he gets into early foul trouble, they always pull him. That's why he only got four rebounds last night. When he doesn't get – when the thing is, when Kevon Looney gets minutes, he dominates the over with the rebounds. But when he gets into early foul trouble and they pull him and he doesn't play, then obviously you can't get rebounds or you don't get minutes. So that's why it was right. it was an issue. That's why uh, it didn't win last night. Um, so my parlay is Curry over 28 and a half. I still believe in Steph Curry, uh, even though he had a total flop. Um, Wiggins over 18 and a half. I'm big on Wiggins now. I got to do the yeah. Wiggins. Uh, I have to bet the over for Wiggins. He's. I think he's going to have a big game. Um, Tatum, the under 27 and a half. Like I said before, the, J- the anti-Tatum bets are still alive and well. I am still going for the anti-Tatum bets. So it, he's still going under 27 and a half. He's still going to hit. He's going to be under on that. Uh, Steph Curry over four and a half. Um, and Jordan Poole is at least going to hit one half shot. So there's no reason why uh, <laughs> he can't hit one. It, it, he can't hit more than one uh, three. And by, as for Steph Curry, it's like he's not going to have two games like that in a row. Yeah. So I it's like, so I, I can see him hitting more than four and a half threes. I agree. Uh, yeah, I like that. I, obviously, besides the under 27 and a half. Um, but I, I, can see why you would take that. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I like that parlay a lot. Yeah. Um, so uh, mine is not as juicy as yours. Yours is way out there. <laughs> I, went, I went out there this week. Um, normally I, I try to keep it, you know, plus 700, plus 1200, something like that. But I went, I went for the big boy this week. Yeah. Um, did you see the news about um, Sauce Gardner? I did fifty thousand dollars for number he one. He paid DJ Reed, who is a cornerback who was signed by the Jets about a week before, I think it was, or whenever it was, before he was, uh, before Sauce Gardner was drafted. He paid for those of you who don't know fifty thousand dollars to wear number one. Now, what's funny to me about that is you care more, you like the number one. More than you like fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, I mean, sometimes, sometimes these dudes have to have their numbers, man. I think this this is not the first time we've heard of a guy, you know, paying a teammate or paying on on a new team. Somebody joins a team. This is the first time we've heard of this happen. Somebody paying for a number. Um, I mean, not just in football and other sports as well, but I think it's just. It, I think it's interesting just because you know he's a rookie. You know, it's not like this is a guy uh, coming off, you right, know, right. joining as a free agent, signing some huge deal. Obviously, I mean, this guy was a top five pick, so it's he's getting paid very, very well. He's being compensated properly, so I'm sure at this point, fifty thousand dollars isn't much to him, which is fucking crazy to say. Uh, but I mean, some guys just, you know, they feel better in their number. You know he he wants number one. He's got to have. A, he's got fifty thousand reasons to have it. I I, I guess. 
Um, but you know, it's that classic Dion uh, Dion Sanders quote. It's like, look good, feel good, play good, pay good. Um, <laughs> so maybe to maybe to look good and feel good, he's got to have that number one. So, uh, what was it? Kayvon Thibodeau paid uh, Graham Gano for number five as well. Yeah, uh, that's just from this year. But I, this isn't the first time we've seen something like this happen. I think fifty thousand dollars is quite a, a bit of money, and especially if you're a reader. Like, I mean, I just got here anyway, so it's not like it was my number, you know, to begin with. So, sure, I'll take an extra 50 grand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he's not even a very, like, he's not exactly a well-established player in any way. But the funny thing is, is seeing football, is seeing defensive players where numbers, like, where single-digit numbers. Oh, yeah. Like, that feels weird to me. Like, I'm just only used to seeing college uh, defensive players wear those numbers right so I, obviously you see it all the time now in college like it's that's one of the funniest fucking things is you see like a 350 pound d tackle where number zero it like, doesn't look that, right it, it doesn't look right um it's I, I like that the nfl has kind of updated the rules it is it does take some getting used to and it's not just on the defensive side of the ball it's like you got receivers you know wearing like number 20 or something now which is which is weird somebody some some receiver is number like 23 now well that obviously that was uh devin hester which he got his you know special um which you had to do before the rule change um or you have all these defensive backs you know changing the single digit numbers it just it looks weird the running backs wearing or like when i saw leonard fournette wearing number two i think it was number two Ah, uh, was he seven? I thought he switched. Wait, back I'm sorry. Seven. I'm sorry. Sorry, number seven. What, whatever number it was, it's I saw weird. that. I was really confused. You think of that as a quarterback's number? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was like, is Leonard Fournette a quarterback now? <laughs> right. Yeah, it, I don't know. Just it's just crazy to me that he's willing to pay fifty thousand dollars just to wear number one. What would he have done when he had to wear something in the twenties to forties? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but um, I. I, I I, yeah, I, I legit. I don't know if <laughs> I wish I I could throw around fifty thousand dollars like that, but uh. yeah, um, I don't know if you saw this. Um, I know you're not a Met fan; you're a Cardinals fan. Um, the Mets put Jose Reyes on their old timers day roster. Oh, really? Now this makes me feel old. Yeah, I saw Jose Reyes play against the Cardinals when he was a Met. Uh, so that makes me feel really old, but he, I, he was one of the most electric players in baseball for that, you know, his few year stretch where he was just seemed like he was untouchable. He was awesome. He was awesome. Speaking of the number seven, uh, obviously, but he was one of those guys, at least for me, you know, in the early two thousands that really, you know, when you think of baseball, like, okay, what's like the coolest position it's fucking shortstop. Like he embodied that. Right. Um, so yeah. it is it is weird to kind of see him on an old timers roster now. How old is he? Is he he's gotta be what forties? Not even. I think he's gotta be in his late thirties. Late thirties. I I don't think he's even forty yet. Jose Reyes. My guess is he's thirty eight. He's thirty nine, so you're real 39. close. Thirty nine. All right, I was close enough. You're real close. But I mean he just turned thirty nine. 
Yeah, what 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 can you say about the guy? He's he was electric when he played. He was super fun to watch. I'm lucky for, to for a short amount of time. He was one of the best shortstop and shortstops in baseball. At least there was a two to three year stretch where he was like fucking untouchable. Well, the crazy thing is, is that like during his heyday, he was younger than me. Right? Yeah. Like that yeah. makes me feel really strange that when in 2007, Jose Reyes was younger than me. Well, yeah. I mean, that's half of the fucking sports i watch now like yeah i guess you're I'm, a huge, I'm a huge college basketball fan i'm a huge college football fan i'm 26 i'm rooting on children you know it's like they're <laughs> they're, they're not really but it's like you know they're all 18 to 22 that is like one of the biggest reality checks you can ever have is then or it's like you watch the draft or anything and obviously the guys are coming straight out of college so they're 18 to 22, you know, with the grad transfer rules and the, and the transfer portal and stuff like that. You see a few guys that stay in, stay in school a little bit longer. That'll still come out. Um, but it's like, I'm four years older, sometimes eight years older <laughs> than most of these guys. And they are making more money than I could ever dream of. I'm a huge piece of shit, um, <laughs> but it's, it's I don't know, man. It it it's crazy, but I do think about about that all the time and how I mean you can see it. Like I've got I'm 26, dude. I have like my, I'm turning gray. I'm gonna be a silver fox here soon enough. Like I'm old. I just have to accept it at this point. And I know there are people that are gonna hear this that are older than 26 and tell me to go fuck myself uh, for <laughs> for thinking I'm old. But I know what you mean. I absolutely know what you mean. You know, and it's. It's weird, you know, we're going to see it with we're I mean, we basically have at this point, but you know, think about the quarterbacks that we grew up with. Like who's who's left? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And, I mean, not all of them are left. Drew Brees yeah. is not left. Drew Brees, Big Ben, like that that's kind of my point. <laughs> Phil Rivers is gone too. Eli Manning's retired. Peyton's retired. It's like we're getting to that point where it's you know, at, at a certain point in every sport there's going to be a the new, the new kids on the block take over. So, yeah, when I was uh, this, yeah, this whole thing, I, I, it goes to show you the difference between like the Mets and Yankees when it comes to their old timers. Because like Yankees old timers, most of them are like 80, some, 70, 80 years old. They can barely walk. They can barely swing the bat. They're, it, but like Mets players are like, yeah, they're a little under 40. That's like the Mets old timer standard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they're they've been out of organized baseball for three years. Yeah, no, they're good. They're in. Yeah, yeah but the funny thing is, they don't even have Carlos Beltran. Really, on the old timers list, like Carlos Beltran's the best outfielder in Mets history. How the hell do you not have him? I don't know. Maybe he's still reeling from the whole. They're, they're afraid he might steal his mind. Yeah, <laughs> that's not allowed. Uh, like, well, he was gonna be. People forget he was gonna be the manager of the Mets. Yeah, I that was so fucking stupid to fire him before like he even got a chance or anything. I I don't know. He felt like a, I and then I'm not like super up to date on the situation and what his role actually was. I don't know. Uh, in that whole thing, but it felt kind of like a scapegoat thing. And uh I mean, I guess I get why the Mets did it. It just felt like an unnecessary move, but did you see that Golden Tate is playing baseball now? What? When did you hear that? On social media, and it's confirmed. Wait, so, let me look this up. Let me look this up. He, but no, like, listen to this. He's playing for a team in Washington. It's they're called the Port Angeles Lefties. 
but it is a like you know the it's like a collegiate summer wood bat league so it's like he's playing with like a bunch of college kids that like go off that play college baseball that go off for the summer and play in these wood bat leagues like they're all over the country so it's not even like minor league baseball it's not i guess it's technically like pro or like semi-pro but yeah, I saw that on Facebook today, and I was like, "What the fuck?" So I, I think it's it so strange to me how an athlete who is so established in one sport—I mean, the most obvious that comes to mind is Michael Jordan—but how an athlete that is so established in one sport then wants to go and slog through the trenches of like minor league of um, the minor leagues of another sport—that I mean, to I think- me is just craziness. Like you'd think that somebody like Golden Tate would be spoiled enough at an NFL level to be like, I am not going back there. That's what you would like. That would be my mindset. If I was in the NFL, I would never then go back and be like, yeah, I'm going to go play baseball now and start all over. I think a certain part of it, they get like the argument can be made. Jordan got so dominant. He got bored and wanted to go. He's like, so addicted to the grind. Like if you watch the last dance, like how regimented he was with practice, how serious he took it. Like, Oh, absolutely. He had a little, <laughs> bit, of, a little bit of a gambling problem. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a certain, like, you hold yourself so highly, like, as an athlete. You probably think, like, oh, what? He probably doesn't think he's just going to be stuck in the minors forever. I know part of it had something to do with, you know, his dad passing away. Yeah. And how much his dad loved baseball and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, we saw fucking, you know, Tracy McGrady went and, pitch for the sugarland skaters oh, he was uh, a very from, good baseball player in high school exactly so it's, or it's like tim tebow mets legend tim tebow <laughs> uh so we see this happen all the time uh really it's it's not that uncommon where these i mean these guys are fucking insane athletes so you know it just kind of I don't want to say just every sport comes naturally to them, but it's probably not as hard for them to kind of pick something back up. I, I think it makes as, sense. As it, would, as it would be for a regular person. I think that theory makes sense. I remember when I, when Tim Tebow first went to the jets, I was on a field. I was on a class trip. I was a freshman in high school and I was, I went on a class trip to the Met and I, and I saw on the bus that Tim Tebow went to the jets. Nice. Nice. It's my, my Tim Tebow memory. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on, Andy. Um, uh, we'll be back. I'll be back next week. Um, good luck on all your bets uh, and have a good you week, too, everybody. Friend.